This is Donnell Davis. Welcome to the Soften Podcast for Divine Feminine Leaders. To soften is to receive fully all of who you are, to own your dark side so it doesn't own you. Your dark is your divinity awakening to radically know yourself. Together, we will restore majesty on this earth. Your queendom awaits. Welcome. Today, I am so excited to uh, have this beautiful, amazing guest, Milagros Phillips, and I'm going to read her bio, but thank you for coming on today and sharing your time with me. Um, It's been a while since I've done a podcast. I'm so excited to connect with everybody. And this topic today is going to be so amazing and fun. And she's a healer too, which I love, but without further ado, before I kind of get jump in and get into conversation, which I love to do. Let me read um, about her so you guys start to get a feel and an understanding of where we're going to be journeying today is what I want to call it. So Milagros is a keynote speaker, a TEDx presenter, a four times author, and certified coach. She designs strategic learning programs for organizations seeking to enhance their diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives through race literacy. Her programs use history, science, research, and storytelling to create compelling, life-transforming experiences. For more than 35 years, Milagros has consulted, designed, and facilitated programs across many industries. She's an artist, a Reiki master and teacher, a sound therapist, a teacher of A Course in Miracles, and the creator of Race Demystified, a compassionate approach to healing from racial conditioning. Her latest book, Cracking the Healer's Code, a prescription for healing racism and finding wholeness is out. So we'll learn about where we can uh, purchase that later. And Milagros is a recipient of the 2021 New Thought Walden Award for Interfaith Intercultural Understanding. Wow. When I read all that, I can just feel the energy of what an impact you're making in your community and in the world. And as my listeners know, I love to interview women that are here to make a difference, to leave an indelible mark um, and legacy. And so, gosh, there's just so much that you do, Milagro. So tell me, like, what's on your heart? Like, what's the, what's the most important thing you're doing right now? I know you just came out with a book, but just tell me a little bit about your work and what's the most, what's on your heart today? Like, what's, what's um, most important for you right now with what you're doing? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having this conversation with me and for sharing it with your community. I really appreciate that. I'm so excited for the two of us to just really get into the meat of this. You know? Yeah, my <laughs> and pleasure. In my heart right now, in my heart is, is the book because I just birthed mm-hmm. it like this week. <laughs> oh, that is so amazing. How was the process? How long did it take you to write it? Uh, so actually, this book is 18 years in the making. Wow. I, I wrote three books before I finally finished this book. And, and it wasn't until last summer mm-hmm. um, that I realized why I couldn't finish the book. And I have to hear why. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah the, there was a missing piece of history that I did not have. Ooh. And once I got that piece, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, honestly, it took me like three days to process it in bed. Wow. That's so how big... deep that history Puzzle is, piece. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, but I realized this is why I couldn't finish the book mm. because people needed to understand the foundations of this stuff 
where it started, how it started, why it started, who started it, blah, blah, blah. You know, like just really give people grounding mm-hmm. in, in the historical context because we don't, we, you know, we get a lot of that in school anyway, but 100%. You know, when it comes to this history. So, yeah, so, um, so this book was 18 years in the making. And, um, and, and, and I don't mean that I worked on it for 18 years. I mean, like right. on and off, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't even know I was writing a book. I thought I was writing a bunch of articles. And then one day I got intuitively to just print all of them and I printed them and I laid them out on the floor. And then I grabbed this one and that one and the one from the bottom and this one. And I realized, oh my God, this is a book. Wow. Yeah. And it's like goosebumps. It's like, yeah. I mean, so, so it was really random because I always thought of myself as a speaker, not a writer. Okay. You know, um, although you've written three books before you said. Yeah, before I finish this one. Okay. Wow. Because <laughs> I was avoiding finishing this one. You know, but <laughs> well, it feels like this uh, is big work. Like there's a big heart transmission that you're sharing with people. So what is that? What is that big transmission that you feel like once somebody reads this book that they'll receive? Or what will they see learn about themselves from it? Yeah. So so within this book is a lot of our collective history. My work is about mm. looking at us as not just a global village, mm-hmm. but one human family. Uh, you know, genetically we're all related, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not. You know, and it and our um, global family kind of functions like the regular biological family. You know, you got the cousins that you love hanging out with, the cousins that you don't talk to. That you know what I mean? Like this is our global human family, right? Yes. And um, there are a lot of missing pieces to our history that you know i always tell people like when you're um when you go to 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 a doctor or healer or someone because you have something that's going on mm-hmm. the first thing they ask you for is your family history yes okay? they want to know who had diabetes who died of this and who that. you know like they, they need the whole because you need to understand what came before to understand what is happening now. Yes. And if we're ever gonna create a different future, we need that information. Otherwise we just keep repeating the past, thinking we're creating something new, but all 100%. that we're doing is repeating the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so this book is about, here are a lot of the pieces that we've been missing with what, without which we cannot make that bigger leap to a transformation around being one human family because we have this block that's sitting here, you know? And, um, and because we, that block has managed to condition us for hundreds of years, all we, we seem to function a great deal on differences as opposed yes. to similarities. And this is like, this is our common history. This, these are pieces to our common human history that we need to understand. And this is why we're behaving the way that we're behaving because we have this this common history and a lot of it you know people avoid it because it is traumatic yeah Mm -hmm. but we need to you know i i just really believe that people are strong enough and wise enough to be able to hold the discomfort around this stuff because it is uncomfortable Um, we can escape that part of it you know i love that i think that you said so many powerful nuggets in there Um, one being, if we don't, uh, have this deeper awareness of what you're sharing, you know, what's probably in your book and the history, then we will keep repeating the past and the past is familiar, you know, from a healer's perspective, we have 
you know, our ancestral lineage within our genetics. We have so many ways that we're carrying the past with us. And I believe part of our healing process is this, you know, is to alchemize, to take what was, use it as raw material to create a new future. And you're right. If we can't look at it and see it, then how do we shift it and change it and elevate it and how and hold a higher vision for what humanity is all about. And I do believe we are all one family. And I think right now with everything that's happening on the planet, mm. there's so much division and people are forgetting. It's like, we're getting so caught up in all the ways we're different versus all the ways that we are connected. Yeah. And so I love what you're saying. And I do, and I agree from a trauma perspective, right? We hold that trauma, but there has to come a point in time where we all hopefully can learn to feel safe in our bodies yeah. so yeah. that we're not just repeating it unconsciously. And so I love, because it feels like to me, like what you're offering, you know, with this, with this book, when you say, especially a prescription for healing racism and finding wholeness is a way to shift out of like how we've been behaving and create a brilliant future where, and what is your vision? Like, I'm just so curious because if we had, if we could wave a magic wand, which I wish we could sometimes, <laughs> Me too. Right? I try, by the way, I know, I, too. I, do. Like, <laughs> I know I believe in magic. I really do. What do you like? What would be the vision if people were to take this prescription that you're offering in the book for healing racism, like what would our planet look like going forward? Like in, let's say a few years, five years, what would it look like to you? Yeah, so um, for me, the vision is, is it, my vision is really grounded in family, in the, in the human family model, right? Okay. And so, um, so in a family, when a, when a family is healthy, they take care of the young and they take care of the elderly mm -hmm. and um and love and compassion is what flows through the energy of that family and as a result people are allowed to be who they are just as they are and they are loved just as they are and even when they as individuals can't see their gifts that the elders in the community hold the vision of them fulfilling their life purpose yeah and, and and bringing those gifts forth that they came to the planet with mm -hmm. even when when they themselves can't hold the vision like they, that we care enough and we love enough and, and we're, we're so um we're grounded in the present but so forward looking that we can we can just see what that person can do with their lives mm -hmm. and and we hold them to that not as a holding in fire, but mm. really as a holding in love. Wow. That they will someday be able to see for themselves the greatness of who they are. And, and, and what an incredible opportunity to have, you know, 100 plus years, or however long you're going to be on this planet, to be in the flesh so that you can do some of the things that you can do when you're in the flesh, right? Yes. And so, you know, so just being able to see and to feel and to touch and to experience life on this planet and to be free to do that, mm. you know, like this work really is the work of liberation because it's the work of 
giving people the tools to set themselves free. Mm. Because as long as we are looking outside of ourselves for other people to change and other people to do and other people to blah, 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 we're not owning our power. And it's within 100%. that power that we can make a difference within ourselves, within our family unit, and indeed within the world. Because that's one of the reasons we're here is to, to, to be part of this greater community. And a lot of the stuff that we've learned um, you know, through all of this various ways that we separate ourselves from each other is that that then becomes the block. Yeah. Know? There's a wonderful uh, quote, and I'm going to botch it up because I can't remember the exact words, but I, I actually used it in the book. I quoted that in the book from A Course in Miracles. And it says something to the effect that, that it, it's not for us to look for love, but it is for us to look for all the, the things that we have in the way Mm. that do not allow us to access the love that's already there oh I love that that's and really so beautiful that's the work right like the work is sweeping away peeling away the layers cleaning up and clearing out and we can't do that by living in illusion oh yeah I love what you're saying I, I believe it all starts with family and I think that's one of the things that's got a little bit degraded over the over time is the family unit, you know, and I think you're even speaking larger to like the probably like community and all of that kind of stuff. But I just feel like, you know, even in my journey, I'm a newly single parent. And my biggest thing with my two daughters and my ex-husband is to find the thing, sweep away all the ways that like are preventing us from having love as a family mm -hmm. and finding a new paradigm to co-parent. And I feel like a lot of people, and I know as a healer, you'll understand this, like their wounds get in the way of love, right? Because they're seeing the world through a lens and perspective of their wounding mm -hmm. versus what else is possible, right? And so that breeds competition and envy and greed and all these different things that are on our planet. But one of the things I say about this podcast is like, we have to own our darkness so it yeah. doesn't own us. And I say darkness is yeah. like, you know, divine acceptance and radical knowing of ourselves. Yep. And so yep. I'm just yep. so curious for you, like, how has your journey been with like owning your own darkness? Because mm -hmm. when I listen to you speaking, I, I, you know, it's like, I listen, but I actually feel the energy of your heart. And I feel like your heart is so expanded and so open and it has a big reach, like energetically. Like, I feel like you hold the capacity to truly see this vision come true. And I'm just so curious, like, how have you owned your darkness? Like, how has that helped you in your journey? Because I think that's the only way we really can be healers. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, a lot of us are wounded healers. And, and there's an incredible gift in being a wounded healer because traveling through the wound you 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 learn some things that you can't <sighs> learn by reading it or somebody telling you about it or anything else there's uh nothing can take the place of experience and um and i say the same thing that you say until we turn around and own our shadow our shadow owns us oh i love it yeah we're on the you same know? thing yeah yeah and and so so for me the journey has been looking at what are all of the ways in which um I, I block my own progress by not owning the pain. Mm. 
Oh. I'm not, you know, by, by trying to avoid the pain and doing whatever I have to, to get away from the pain. Cause that's what we're taught for the most yep. part is y- we don't do pain. You just figure out a way to move around it and, but never through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my life has been going through the pain and then learning what I learned from that. And the thing is that eventually you come to the awareness that every pain has a gift behind it. Mm. It's almost like the pain is, is, is the guardian, the, the, um, the dragon that sits at the door to your treasure. Right? Mm. And in order to get to that treasure, you have to go through the pain. Mm. And so there are levels of understanding that you will gain by allowing yourself to move through that pain honestly that you can't get otherwise. So for instance, one of the things that I had to do was face my own anger. I remember, you know, I thought I was so enlightened. (laughs) (laughs) And so one day in all the time, because I used to teach sound therapy and, you know, and I had this, this one weekend where I decided if I'm going to put people, because I really, I'm an experiential person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put people through a weekend of silence. I need to really, really do that myself. Right. And just Mm -hmm. really see what happens and just, I just thought I was going to do silence or let my family know, like, don't even talk to me because I'm not going to respond. Like, you know, I I was doing silence the whole weekend. About a couple hours in, I started to feel this anger just bubble up, Mm. just like, 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 and when I say bubble up, I'm serious. Like in my body, it was coming up into my head. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that anger turned to rage. Oh, okay. And that rage was so deep that it was like an abyss that I thought I was never going to climb out of. I thought I would never stop being angry when that rage came up. It was so intense. And I, you know, I was struggling with anger anyway, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Which, you know, but I thought, you know, I got this, you know, I, I, I got this, like I, I had nothing. Okay. Like I had to really sit and because I was doing silence, and I, I'm very committed to, if I decide I'm going to do something, I just do it, you know, and I do it to the hilt. Okay. It's amazing. And so I just sat with that anger and somewhere. So, so I started like Friday night and, and then started, you know, the anger started building. And then by Saturday, I was like total rage. It was like, it's a good thing. I wasn't talking to anyone. And so I, you know, but, but it, I went into Sunday and something somewhere around the middle of the day on Sunday. I was sitting and I just sat with it and let myself feel it. And of course, you know, I would have bouts of tears that would come up and all this stuff, right? Of course. And all of a sudden this peace came over me, like this incredible peace, like I'd never experienced before. And ever since that day, I've had access to that peace. And what I learned by letting myself feel all that anger, all that rage and all of the stuff that was coming up for me, what I learned was that the peace was always there, mm-hmm. but I wasn't paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't guiding my consciousness to it on a regular. I wasn't intentionally choosing it, yeah. but I could if I wanted to. And so one of the things that, that I teach people in my seminars is how to change states of consciousness, how to shift from once, you know, from anger to peace, from joy to, you know, like just shifting states of so people know that they have power over this stuff rather than it having power over them Mm, I love that for our listeners my question that I feel like they're gonna that they're asking 
is, so am I supposed to sit and feel it until it passes? Or do I choose to try and access the peace, you know, while I'm in the rage? Yeah. So that's a great question because there are times that we can't do that. Yes. Okay. Because the rage just seems so much bigger than us. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, those are the times that you just really need to, to, you know, to let it like literally pass over you. Mm-hmm. This is an energy and, and, and that energy will move if you allow it. Mm-hmm. It's when we get locked in the, you know, and, and we don't allow the energy to move that's when we need to shift because that's consciously choosing not to get out of the anger. And, and uh, you know, there are times that we're so angry and, you know, let's like, let's say a friend tries to cheer us up or they, you know, and it's like, I want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like we want to get, we want to sit and stew in it. Right. Yeah. So those are the times that we actually have access to choose. Okay. But there are times yeah. when, when, when there's something greater within us that's trying to move us through it. Mm-hmm. And that's different when, and, and, and you can kind of tell because there's a, a lot of us have fear, particularly around anger, yes. of allowing ourselves to go into that depth of anger because either we feel like we're never going to get out of it or it's going to take us over. Yep. Okay. And so that, that level of fear of, of, of um, I mean, it is, it's a form of fear of, of anger and rage and those kinds of things. That day for me, I couldn't shift out of that. Because here I was doing silence, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, silence, and I'm going to be peaceful, blah, 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 right? And the rage comes up. That, for me, that was the greater part of me, my soul, my spirit, my higher soul, whatever you want to call it, that needed for me to transmute that energy so that I would have access to what was behind that. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I couldn't couldn't do that if I kept shifting by going, oh, I think I'll just be peaceful now. Oh, I think you can't. So 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 those are two completely different states of consciousness. One of them is you're choosing to be angry. And another one is like, oh my God, I have no control over what's moving through me. Now, what you do with that is what makes a difference. Like I sat with it. Some people will go and they'll, they'll get angry with somebody and they'll go fight someone or they'll do, you know, so it isn't just the anger and the, it's what we choose to do with it. I love that. that. Make the difference. And you're, you know, one of the things I'm hearing in my mind is like how people spiritually bypass, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard that term or they're like, and I used to, I was one of those people. We've all done it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I don't want to feel this. And then the the other thing I'm hearing when you're when you're talking about this is this is what's happening in the collective right now. There's a rage that is bubbling up in so many right now mm-hmm. because of what's happening. And instead of transmuting and letting it shift into peace or joy or something else that's behind that power power yeah like people are just kind of you know trying to move through it because we're taught to suppress repress whatever and i think the invitation right to everybody is what you just said to trust that if you sit in it long enough that it will move and i know exactly what you're talking about because as i'm growing in my own consciousness and learning more about myself i think my greatest fear was that if i let myself 
be in my rage, that I would get lost in it, mm-hmm. that I would never find my way out of it because it felt all consuming. And so do some of my other states of, you know, like other emotions that I have depression or sadness or whatever, when I'm moving through things, I've had a lot of sadness come up this year. And I was like, oh my God, if I feel it, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to get lost in this? It's almost like, you know, I don't want to drown. And then I, what I realize is, you know, God, when I stay with it, it starts to move. And then all of a sudden what you were describing, this peace comes through and it, it's almost like the, uh, the divinity pouring and channeling through who we really are. It's like we moved, you know, like we created space within ourselves to feel something else. And I think it's so powerful what you're saying. And it's so needed. It's medicine that the collective needs right now. You know, our listeners need to know, like you can, you are strong enough. And if you're feeling, I told, I told one of my clients earlier, cause she was, she's going through a very emotional time in her life. And I said, don't ever forget that you do have a divine support team around you. I believe, you know, angels, the divine to assist us through these times, you know, through the darkness that we're all moving through. And so I love how you, I love that. I love how you share that. We're collectively moving through the healing crisis, right? Yes. And I think that people, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this from the perspective of me. So when I became conscious that I really wanted to um, be more aware of my spirituality and be more, you know, just more uh, proactive in uh, in my prayer and in my um, meditations and in all those kinds of things, um, I I entered it from the perspective of this is going to make me more peaceful <laughs> and more joyous <laughs> and uh, a more abundant in every way. Right. right. Yeah, and yeah. who I met in that journey had nothing to do with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, like all the uglies and the yuckies came up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like everything yeah. that you had to crawl from under the rocks came up and out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I'm so aware of the fact that we we go through life thinking that that's what, you know, like this is my intention, this is what I'm gonna get. And yes, you will get that, but not until you clean up the yard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen yeah. unless you clean up the yard, right? And so I think that uh, like one of the things that I that I tell people in my programs is that look, you you have to decide what you're going to feed at this but this is like this is a crucial time in human history and mm-hmm. i know that we've said that a lot about but but we, i think everyone can feel that things are a little different right oh now, yeah you know sure. mm-hmm. and so so part of that is just being aware that you know we have we collectively and and individually have the power and the ability to choose states of consciousness that ripple outside of us through the energy in our hearts that that puts out an electromagnetic field, through our essence, through every fiber of our body, even through the words we speak because they're 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 energy. Yes. So right now we are at a crucial point, and we are at a time when what we choose, what we're choosing right now will determine where we are in a year, five years, 10 years, a hundred years. Yeah. We're at a crucial time where, 
you have to decide if you're going to feed love or if you're going to feed fear. And this is not complicated. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, it is that simple. I always tell people, keep it as simple as th that a three or a five-year-old can understand what you're saying and can do it, right? Yeah. Like you can tell a little child, like, okay, you can, you can choose to be happy now and smile, or you can choose to be mean and angry right now. And, you know, like you can explain that to a three-year-old, you know what I mean? And so um, right now we're at a crucial time where we need to decide if we're going to feed the love or if we're going to feed the fear. That doesn't mean that we ignore what is happening. True. Mm -hmm. It is choosing that in spite of what is happening. Yes. You know, that that's what shifts it and changes it. And the other thing is, is just the realization that human beings are so incredibly powerful. I mean, we're amazingly powerful. And if we collectively decide that we want a different world, that we want a world of love and compassion, that we want a world where everyone can thrive, that we want to start that journey, that doesn't mean that we're going to get it tomorrow. It could take a minute. You know, we didn't get this way overnight. <laughs> But, <laughs> no, but we got a little history there. Yeah, you know, but the thing is that if we never decide, we're never going to get there. If we yeah. don't start to paint the picture of what we want, we're never going to get there. We're just going to keep floundering around in a circle and not moving toward what we truly desire in our hearts. And most people really do desire a world of peace. We talk about it a lot. The mm -hmm. reality is that, you know, peace isn't something that is foreign to us or that you grab for it or that you have to fight for it or have wars for peace. That doesn't work. Hello, have we seen what is done so far, right? Yeah. But peace is something that is available to us 24 seven, 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. It's in the air we breathe. It's in the very essence of our hearts. It's in the thoughts that we choose to think. We have access to peace all the time. Mm -hmm. Even in the middle of the worst circumstances we have access to that yes it's what we choose to ignore and what we choose to put our attention on that actually gets our energy so we are at a place where we're going to have to choose where we're going to put our energy we could hate those people over there for the things they say and the things they do and blah 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 or we could realize that we can choose to love them Yes. In spite of themselves, in spite of the things and their behaviors and the things that they do. That doesn't mean we ignore what they do. And that doesn't mean that we don't hold them accountable for their behavior. Right. What it does mean is that we are now liberated because we are not holding them hostage to whatever we think they should, shouldn't be, could be, might be what you're know, like, what are we, that's energy we have to heal our bodies, heal our minds for us to create our own joy and our own happiness and our own peace within our own inner yard that then ripples to our own backyard. Yes. If we all did some of that, even if it's just for two minutes a day, mm -hmm. just really choose. I, right now I choose peace mm -hmm. right now. I choose joy and you can feel it just oh, by yeah. thinking about it. You can feel that in your body. And it's so worth it because the body makes a chemistry for everything. Oh, so you can make a chemistry for anger and hate, or you can make a chemistry for love and joy. Yep. It's, it's all up to us, right? And so, so making these choices right now 
because of where we are and, and because there is so much division, like, you know, just, just taking a minute every day and choosing to radiate love to all the people around you the, and, and not doing it the way our personality can do it. It's a, oh, I'll send love to Joy, but not to Jan. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> that's, who, that's who we are sometimes, you know? Yeah. The sun doesn't do that. The sun no. doesn't go, I'll shine on that tree, but not on that one. Like it doesn't work that way, right? And mm. so if we just take two minutes every day to just radiate love from our hearts. And you don't even have to know what it looks like, feels like. If you just intend that love is radiating from your heart and is touching the lives of everyone on the planet. And we all do that little bit every day. I really believe that that begins to transmute some of this energy that is so difficult for people. You know, like we're not yeah. meant to, we're not meant to live in, in anger and hatred. And, you know, those are places we visit because they're natural emotions mm-hmm. or when we've been betrayed or when we've been lied to, you know, th- those are natural emotions. Those are places we visit, but we're not meant to live there. hundred percent, hundred percent. I love what you're saying. It's so beautiful. And I believe that one of the biggest crucial ingredients in what you're saying is to have discernment. Mm-hmm discernment of how you're using your energy, what you're putting your energy towards. And you mentioned something about essences. And I believe if we're going to create, cause I'm, a, I'm certified as a futurist and I believe you're a futurist too. And a futurist is, you know, obviously it's, it's a study of how to create new futures. Mm. Um, and for me, I'm an eternal optimist. And I believe that the future is this blank canvas yes. and we can feel the future speaking to us through our body. And I think when we're really tuning in and we go to our natural state of peace and joy, like it's, it should be natural. You know, we, that's when we are connected to our divinity and we start to imagine that these dark and dim futures that are being created right now by what's happening in the world, that that chaos is there to help us access something different, to innovate, to, to go to what you're saying, to come back to ourselves and be the change that we want to see in the world. Absolutely. And I think that's like what we need to remember because everybody that I speak to on a daily basis is wondering like, how do I make change or, and they're, and they're stuck in their lower chakras right now oh, because yeah. they're very, it's all survival energy. And how am I going to get through this and what's going to happen and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, Oh my gosh, we have to breathe. Mm-hmm. We have to be discerning. We have to remember, like you said, when you come from love and you radiate that out, that that's a palpable transmission and energetic transmission to the world. And it's going to make a difference. So I love that. Cause I feel like that's what divine feminine leadership is all about. It's coming back home to love. Yeah. It's remembering that that is what's most important in this world. Even when we see division and fear and hate and all these other things, it's like creating this big ripple effect for something different. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. I yeah. love yeah. that. And people call these kinds of things soft skills. And maybe maybe that is what it is, soft skills. But in the presence of war, I think soft skills are really important. Yeah. Well, like I do too. It's like, you know, you 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 don't create peace by enhancing war. Mm-mm. that's just not going to happen because, because peace is a state of consciousness and, and, 
and and war is a state of consciousness and it's in and they're both energy fields and they're different energy fields oh yeah so you can choose what energy field you want to live into and when you start to do that and, and that and you and that then becomes a practice what happens is this other field because you're not feeding it anything begins to dissolve away it doesn't have any energy if you if you stop giving it energy it's gonna die you stop feeding it mm -hmm. yeah yeah it doesn't have any food to you know to feed off of and so you know and, and you just the thing is that this isn't a one-off it's a practice oh yeah and it's not always easy to do that at first you know it, it's not the easiest thing in the world but it's so worth sticking with it because every every single little bit of time every second that we spend in that energy of love creates a ripple effect and and it comes back to us and then you're able to spend more time in it and then after a while that's what you crave it's like oh wait and, and you realize when you're off it's like oh wait wait just a minute here you know something's happened i'm not i'm not in my peace mm -hmm. i'm not in my joy i'm not in my wholeness you know, and, and that's one of the, the crucial pieces. I, I talk about that in the book, how we have been just sort of, um, you know, we, we've created a world where from very early on, children pick up that they're not enough. Mm -hmm. And then we live our whole, our whole lives with that as, as one of those unconscious programs that's running in the background. You know, and in the foreground, you're, set, you're you're telling yourself, I belong, or I want to belong, or I, you know, like you tell yourself, well, but the but the background program is running the show. <laughs> and it yes. decides that that computer goes this way or that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that whole not enough, it's like, it's pervasive. It's, you know, not tall enough, short enough, big enough, fat enough, skinny enough. It's like, it's, it's not enough, right? Mm -hmm. And And that's where greed comes from and everything else is because it's like, you can have everything in the world and still feel like, oh, it's not enough. I got to get some more, whatever, whatever it is, right? And so one of the, the, the first things that I remind people is to make a practice of being in the energy of, I am not just enough, but I'm more than enough. Because mm. when, when, when you live the essence of being more than enough, then you will always have more than enough because it's an echo, right? I love that. So it's like, yeah, so, and, 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 and teaching our children that, you know, like, wow, you're so, like, wow, you are so much more than enough to pass that test. You are so much more than enough, like just constantly repeating and making that a mantra because so much of the world has been trained to teach us that that is not true. When in reality, that is the truth of who we are. We are extraordinary. And so living into that, that that's an energy field, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the great thing about energy fields is that you don't have to do anything special to access them. Right. All you have to do right. is think about them and you're there, mm -hmm. you know, and then you build on it and you build on it and you build on it and, and you find yourself in, in this essence of almost a sense of bliss within yourself. And, and when your bliss is dependent on you, then nothing else matters. Oh yeah, you're fully, I call it like fully sourced. You yes. know, you have source within you, you're fully sourced by that. And if we could yes. teach our children that, which is 
as a mother, that's what I, I tell my girls almost every night when I can remember, I said, have I told you lately how amazing you are? Yes. And, you know, like I always like tell them little things because yeah, what would the world look like with a bunch of human beings, adults running around that actually believe that they're worthy of creating the life that they deserve yeah. versus the, what we have been seeing. And so I just, I love that. And I just, everything you've shared today has been I can see how healing your medicine is that you offer to the world. How can people work with you? What does that look like? Where can they purchase your book? Sure. Yeah. So my book is available on Amazon and, and so people and, and all of my books are, I, I wrote a book called eight essentials to a race conversation. I wrote a book called 11 reasons to become race literate. And I wrote a book called speaking race in healthcare. And they, I wrote, the first two in 2016 and then the other one 2019 um, because it was so important so it was just prior to covid and a lot of nurses are finding that book now and going wow you know i wish i'd had this before so um the book is out there so anyone in the healthcare field and anyone who really wants to understand um you know the effect of of race in, uh, in the healthcare field can, you know, certainly use that book. And then, um, so all of these, just search my name and you can, and the books will come up. On and Amazon. I'll put your, your newest book in the comments of the podcast too, just so people Great, can find yeah. it. Yeah. And if anyone wants to know more about my seminars and workshops, um, I actually have a, a free town hall coming up on September 13th. I don't know when this podcast will be out, but um, hopefully before then. <laughs> Hopefully before then, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I, I do programs. Um, I used to do them weekly. I just don't have time anymore. So I, I'm doing them a couple times a month. Um, they're called Lunch and Learn. It's every Monday at 12 noon. Nice. And those programs are um, 12 noon Eastern. Um, and they can just get all of that information by going to milagrosphillips.com. And then there's a place that says courses. They can click on that and, and all of the courses that we have available for the fall are listed there. Beautiful, um, beautiful. I am gonna get your book. I have learned so much um, just from our short conversation and I am excited to read your book and, and you kind of intrigued me and left a little bit of mystique there about this missing history piece that we <laughs> probably all need to know about. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know about the listeners, but I'm going to go out and get this book on Amazon, but I thank you so much for sharing your beautiful wisdom and oh. your time with us. Thank you. And please, 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 when you do get the book and read it, please give me a review. <laughs> yes. On Amazon. And follow me on Instagram. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? Tell everybody. Uh, race healer. Race healer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So race healer on Instagram. Okay. We will be following you on Instagram and getting your book. Thank you so much, Milagros, for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, share the love and stay luminous and brave. Until next time, this is Donnell with Soften Podcasts.